Hello, hello, hello. I want to welcome you to this podcast, Abundant Living, where we take an honest look at who we are, what holds us back, what we're doing right, because that's part of being honest, right? We do a lot of great things and we really kind of trip up on some other stuff. And so in order to play full out and live our lives fully abundant living, we've got to take that honest appraisal. And so that's what this podcast is all about. Discovering along the journey of how to be more playful out, live our lives completely and utterly, taking risks and opening ourselves up to all that God has in store. So welcome to the podcast. I am Pamela DeBruce Smith, and uh, I'm, um, I'll be your host today. Uh, so stay tuned. hardest things that we're going to have to ever face is taking risks, taking risks emotionally, stepping outside of our comfort zones and really, really diving in, digging deep and taking an honest appraisal, an honest one about who we are, what's holding us back and the limiting belief patterns in our lives. Is it a limiting belief pattern that's holding us back from having love in our life? Secure, realized, intimate love within our lives. That could be a friendship. That could be a lover. That could be a spouse. That could be just even within our own selves looking into the mirror. We hold ourselves back in finances, in love, in our careers, in raising our kids, in our health and wellness. We don't play all out, full out within our own lives because we have these limiting patterns, these survival patterns within our lives. Sometimes we just go through our lives and we don't know why they're even there. How you know they're there is when you've got that little ache inside, that thing inside that says, is this all there is? Is there more? I know I can do more. I know I'm meant for more. I'm being pushed, pulled, dragged, or enticed to have more within my life. And I don't mean buying stuff. (laughs) I mean that still inner Jiminy Cricket voice inside that says, come on. You're created, meant for more. You have a purpose. Somehow it's eluding you. You can't quite find it. You can't quite dive into it. You can't quite discover or realize what it is. If that's you, stay tuned. Because we're going to talk about what that voice is, where it's coming from, and how we can learn to play full out in our lives. How we can become consciously aware of what's holding us back. All right, stay tuned. Hey there. So in the last few episodes, we've really been diving into a certain book. (laughs) Are you getting sick of hearing about it yet? A certain book from Mastin Kip called Claim Your Power. Um, The other book is from Sandy Krakowski. It is The Anomaly Mindset. 
those two books uh, I have been reading and rereading and diving into with my journal. And it is uncovering, of course, a lot, right? So, you know, in order to really live abundantly, we got to be able to play full out. And sometimes we have these patterns or these coping mechanisms within our lives that we are completely unaware of, by the way. (laughs) You know, you don't know what you don't know, but it's there and it's looming and it's holding you back, holding me back. And so how do you discover something that you don't know is there? Well, coaching, books, talking with friends, getting honest with those friends, which is a really rare, rare thing. You know, when a friend says something and he goes, ouch, like, that's not who I am at all. And you kind of want to fight them for it. Probably is stinging with a, with a, just, just a ring of truth. And maybe there's more truth to it than you really care to admit. But, you know, we can look at it from a third person's perspective, but we can step back out of our own lives, out of our own mindset, and then turn around and take one big giant look at who we are, the patterns in our lives, where they come from, what are the emotions behind it. So that's what we've been doing the last few episodes. We've been looking at these survival patterns, coping mechanisms, these ways of acting, behaving, thinking, and doing that are in our lives that honestly, I mean, we got to give ourselves a break here. They came around back before we were even able to understand what it is that we were doing. The problem lies in the fact that we've been using these patterns that, that we put into place probably before the age of 10, some of us before the, even the age of five, we put these things into place and we're living according to a child's mentality. <laughs> How's that for a slap in the face? We're living according to a child's mentality who has zero tools for coping with, with hard stuff. It doesn't even know how to express what's going on, what they're feeling, what's happening, to learn any tools. But then we attach stories. So a traumatic thing happens to us. It may not be traumatic for you, but it was traumatic for me when I was little. And I attached a story to it. And then I attached emotions according to that story. Let me give you a quick example. So um, I got put into daycare and I'm a quiet, shy kid. (laughs) Clearly I'm not, but I'm a quiet, shy kid. And, um, I, my, my mom leaves, you know, cause the teacher said, Hey, go ahead. I got her. I got her. The mom leaves and I cry for the next four to five hours under a table. And the other kids are kind of mocking me and laughing at me because I'm crying so much. And the teacher tries their best to console me, but can't. So I have an extremely traumatic emotional event that takes place. I attach the story. My mom's never coming back. My mom doesn't love me. I'm abandoned. And then I start acting accordingly. So the next day when it happens, uh, instead of being mature, about it and go, you know what? My mom just left me for a few hours and she came back and got me. So she'll always come back and get me. 
No, I don't do that. I attach the story. I'm abandoned. I got to do this on my own. I need to be stronger. And little by little, I chip away at my emotion to where I become much more stoic in my life. And I don't let others in because they're going to abandon me anyway. So if I deeply love someone and really crave that nurturing, they're going to leave anyway. So I am not going to let them in. But see, all of this is happening subconsciously, right? This is down deep inside of us. And then all this, you know, 30 years later, I'm now 38 and I don't, I don't expose or really lean on my spouse. I don't open up. I don't allow the nurturing. I don't allow the intimacy. I keep him at arm's bay, arm's length. And I just make the statements, well, you know, it, it's not that big a deal. And then we end up in a divorce. <laughs> and I wonder why I'm getting a divorce. So somebody from the outside looking in could probably go, well, because of this, this, and this. But to, our, to us, it's very difficult because we are actually using tools and coping mechanisms and patterns of behavior, patterns of interaction that are that happened when I was three and four years old. And I and I don't even know I'm doing it. I don't even know that I'm doing it. So I don't know what I don't know. But there's a trigger. The divorce happens. Now I can do one of two things. I can sit and blame and point and all oh, that that blah 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 I know I can just spew ugly which is the norm and it's very accepted I can spew ugly at that person or I can go what in the world happened I can go I can get a coach I can get a therapist and I can start diving into what somebody on the outside can see clearly but I can't it's all foggy for me so I can really really figure out, I can listen to podcasts, I can read some books, and I can ask God to show me, show me, search me, oh God, show me where I'm messing this up. Now, it really wasn't a mess up when I was three, because I didn't, I didn't understand time, and I didn't understand uh, the role of a parent, the role of me, and the role of the teacher, and I didn't understand any of that, I, nobody would expect me to. But as an adult, we expect me to. We expect me to be able to stay in the relationship and figure it out or attract the person that isn't going to be uh, absent to begin with, that I can't connect with. So we've got to take a look. The divorce happens, I'm going to say as a gift, so that I can decide to grow in my life. I can then learn, I can become knowing of what I didn't know. (laughs) That doesn't mean I know what to do with it yet, but it does mean I'm aware. And that's really the goal here today is to become aware or to learn how to become aware of the limiting patterns in our lives. What, how how do we become aware of that? I've already kind of said a couple things. So uh, stay tuned, come on back and we'll, we'll talk about some of the steps that we can do right here, right now to become aware. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back. (laughs) 
What we're talking about today is hard work. It's hard work. It is really difficult to look at ourselves and go, man, am I F-bombing this up or what? One of the most basic things that we need as human beings is to be accepted, fit in, to know that we're enough. And what we're talking about doing is looking at where we're, we don't fit in, we're not enough, we are messing it up again and again and again. And it's hard to, to, to face those things. But I promise you, I promise, if you can get the courage up enough to look at what's holding you back, honestly holding you back, don't sugarcoat it, don't blame others, and, and don't make it worse than it is. We do all those things, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do too. You are not alone. You are not alone. I do it too. It's so much easier to look at someone else and go, man, I can't believe you did that, jerk. The truth is, it's what I attracted to begin with. Maybe I did it too? Hmm. It's a lot easier to say, well, it really wasn't that bad. I didn't do it that bad. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Stuff it back down and move on with our lives. But that doesn't allow us to play full out. Right? And then the other, the other extreme of that is to make it worse than it is. I'm so awful. I'm the worst. I can't function. I'm an ugly duckling. No, you're not. You're human, okay? You mess up, I mess up, we mess up. Yeah. (laughs) It's not worse than it is either. Honest appraisal means looking at it at factual or face value and allowing ourselves to say, okay, this is going on. It's uncomfortable. It's all get out. It's shit, right? It's uncomfortable. It's all get out to look at it. And now that I'm aware of it, now I can learn tools. I'm no longer three. I'm no longer five. I'm no longer eight learning how to do this. I can learn the tools because there's lots and lots. I mean, man, are we in the age of self-help? There's lots of tools out there. Not to mention, God will download into us some things that we need. So lots of tools to be able to do something about it, to change the behavior and to live and step into our full purpose, our God-given purpose within our lives to play full out and to live abundantly. But we got to get through the hard work first. So how do we do that? There's a, there's a few steps. A, man, there is therapy now at this point. Used to be that therapy was once a week and you had to find a therapist and then you had to make the appointment a few weeks out. And then you had to pay anywhere from $275 to $500 per hour once a week. Who's got that kind of money? I mean, some people do, of course. Of course. But the average Joe, no. No, we're just going to keep it stuffed down because we, don't, we can't afford that. But that's not the case now. And I'm going to say thank you, COVID, for this. 
what? Yeah. We now have the ability to, for a few dollars a month, like literally, I think I pay $45 a month to be able to have access to a therapist, to be able to have therapy sessions, to be able to say, okay, this and this and this is going on and to get an outside perspective because that's really all therapy is. It's just somebody from the outside looking in going, okay, this is bad, but not as bad as you're making it. And this is fixable. So, ta-da, hope. Which isn't that what we need, right? We live in a world where even our best friend, even our friendships aren't very connected. Jeez. I mean, the best thing we got is a few text messages. Come on. The best thing we have is, is uh, maybe a video chat now and then. Not a phone call, not a conversation, not a hug. Come on. We, we need to get these outside sources. And quite frankly, our friends are so overloaded with their own crap in their lives, they sure don't want to listen to ours. But the truth is, when we do connect with our friendships, we can uplift them and they can uplift us if it's a mutual sharing. And everybody's load becomes lighter. But that's not the, the world we live in right now. So therapy is an awesome, awesome choice. You have an outside person who isn't going to really judge you. And if they do, you're not going to ever see it. (laughs) And they're going to say, hey, yes, it's bad, but not as bad as you think. And we can do something about it for like 40 to 60 bucks a month. And you get four or five, six sessions. Come on. There's no more excuses. There really isn't. No more excuses. So that's an option. Of course, there's a gazillion books. I think I pay um, 10 or $14 a month to be able to get one book a month from um, Audible. And I can sit and listen to a book. I can actually go to the bookstore, sit down in a really comfy chair and read the same book if I want it in my hands. And it will cost me nothing but the gas to get there, which by the way, is very expensive I know right now but we digress, right? I digress. (laughs) Let's not get into that one. Yeah. So all it does is cost the gas to get there and you can sit down in a chair, maybe even grab a cup of coffee and you sit there and you read the book with your journal and you take notes. That's an option. You can go to a book club, which again, is the gas to get there. I went to a book club last week, Friday. They started a new book and they read the book in front of you because the main thing about book clubs is everybody doesn't come prepared so the conversation isn't as um buzzy as you'd like it to be so when you read it in front of them right there you're reading it and then the conversation sparked and then off off we go we can learn from each other and we can connect so we've got books all kinds of ways to get books we've got a therapist and then You sit with a journal, you write some stuff down, you ask the questions, where am I missing the mark here? Not woe is me, I'm awful. Not woe is me, I'm sinning, it's terrible, God doesn't love me. Never, never will that be the case. Never. A person may jump ship, but God never will. He created you. He breathes himself into you. That would require him to leave himself. He can't do it. It's against everything he is. And everything he is, is inside of you. He breathed in you. 
your cell hums because of his energy that's breathed within you. He cannot leave himself. So he's never going to jump ship on you. He unconditionally loves you. I just want to pause there for a second so you can soak that in. You are a masterpiece. Breathed into you is God's essence, his character, his love, his adoration. So if you ask the question, where am I missing the mark? Without saying it's too bad, but and yet being humble enough to say, okay, I am missing the mark. God will download into you some answers, some direction. He will give you the steps. But you have to be open to it. You have to humble your ego. Get it out of the way, man. Humble your ego enough to say, I'm missing the mark. But don't beat the snot out of yourself to say, I'm so awful. No and no. But, you know, you are tripping up here. So, God, I'm tripping up. I'm missing the mark. Can you show me? Can you show me where to find it? What book I need to read? What book club I need to go to? What bookstore I need to go to? I cannot tell you how many times I've landed somewhere and it was exactly the answer that I needed. Exactly. I don't even know how I found the book, Claim Your Power, but there it is. And it was one of my credits and I, and I grabbed it. For what? 10, 15 bucks a month? How awesome. And I'm learning so much. And then I get to share with you. So those are the three things that you can do. Not to mention, dial a friend. I make the joke all the time. I'm in the middle of something. And I and I will tell myself, just like the old show, where I'm having trouble answering the question, I'm going to dial a friend. Hey, I'm going to dial a friend. I uh, made a huge, huge, huge major risk purchase yesterday. And yes, I'll tell you all about it, but not today. Stay tuned for that one. I'm very excited. Um, I need delivery of it before I can tell you about it. But um, right before I said, pulled the trigger and said yes, I, I said to myself, oh, man, I'm anxious. I'm very, I'm very excited, nervous. It's all the same chemical. I need to dial a friend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the card. I'm going to dial up a friend. And I did. And she just laughed. She laughed at me. She's like, girl, go for it. This is what you've been wanting for three months. Let's do it. And by let's do it, she just was simply supporting that decision. Go for it. And then she also gave me some questions I needed to ask myself so that I was being smart while I was going for it, not just emotionally, blindly rushing in, right? Dialing a friend is a very nice way to go. But you got to have those friendships there. So that's when you would dial the therapist. That's when you would dial the book. That's when you would dial the journal and ask God to download into you into that conversation, into that decision, into that exposure of where we're tripping up. All right, let's, let's come back and we'll talk some more. Okay, so after we do this kind of thing, I, I want to just stop for a minute to be able to, to tell you, I cannot stress enough the power, of the absolute power that's within the written word. I don't mean text. Within the written word. Let me explain that a minute. 
when I used to um, go in and I would coach uh, Fortune 100 companies. And believe it or not, one of the things that are lacking there, even to this, even to this day, is there isn't written down policies and protocols and job descriptions and and expectations and these things aren't even written down so then you have all these employees in there just kind of winging it to be honest with you way too much emotionalism is there behind the scenes because it's not written down and we're talking fortune 100 companies let alone the mom and pop store down the street or the restaurant i mean no wonder businesses fail so much because it's just not written down. Let's transfer that into our own lives, into our own marriages, how we raise our own kids, how we how we train our dogs, how we interact with our friendships, how we interact with ourselves. We don't have things written down. Yeah, I got a goal. Look, too many things can distract us from that goal if we don't have things written down. There's power in the written word. So it's one of the things that we've gotten away from. So when we are doing the work that it takes uh, for all of these steps to find out, uh, to change from what we don't know, what we don't know, to we now know what we don't know, we're aware of it. In order to become aware of it, it's really, really important to write it down. It's very difficult to look at things from a third-person perspective, which means our emotions aren't so caught up into it. It's difficult to do if it's not written down. When it's written down, you can take a look at it, and then you can step outside of yourself and just look at it. Just look at it. (laughs) Just look at it. In order to do that, it takes kind of writing it down. In order to stay focused on what the goals are and what the attitudes are, we need to have it written down. So I can't stress to you enough, get yourself a journal. Um, I have um, a remarkable journal. The remarkable is electronic paper where I'm, I'm literally, I have a pen and I'm writing as if I'm writing in a journal. And then my notebooks and folders then go up to my cloud And they're organized in such a way that I can just open them up and I can work on it from my computer. I can work on it from my uh, remarkable journal. I can write it in pen, hit a couple of buttons. It will transfer it to type and then into my cloud. So there's some, there's power in writing it down. So don't do this work without doing that very important. It's very important. And if somebody's coaching you, they better be taking notes and writing things down. If somebody's a therapist with you, I wouldn't think they were very good if they didn't have the ability to write stuff down while you were talking to them. You know, even when our friendships, when we sit there and have that cup of coffee and we start diving into some stuff, man, have your journals ready because something powerful is going to come out of that exchange. Write it down. Write it down. Hey, did I mention write it down? <laughs> Get yourself a journal. You're worth the journal. Because you won't be as emotional. 
when you are writing it and exposing it out. Something about getting it outside of you and onto paper, then um, there's a release that kind of happens. So if writing it down was good enough for God, because he did write down the books of the Bible, along with other books, by the way, yeah, we're all caught up in just the, the books that are within the Bible, but there's other books outside of the Bible that were still written by some of the prophets. I digress again. But if God wrote it down, if old time wrote it down, <clears throat> it's worth you writing it down. You're worth that. You're worth that. So go ahead and get yourself a journal. Uh, the remarkable is, uh, is fairly remarkable. I absolutely love it. It's a new um, tool within my life. And so I love it because I've been writing and then the writing that I do, I turn it to text. It goes in my cloud and then I can actually send it. I haven't done this yet, but I can send it to an editor. Uh, it's awesome. However, you don't need the remarkable. You just need a dollar notebook if, if that's all you can afford. Do the dollar notebook or do a nice, beautiful leather bound journal, whatever it takes to make you feel good in that space to do it. All right. Stay tuned. Okay. So let's, let's take a look at these survival patterns that we have, these coping mechanisms. If you don't know what those are, go back to a few of the last episodes. Um, Mass and Kip's book, Claiming Your Power, um, you know, we really do dive deep into what survival patterns are, how to get into them, how to look at them, um, what questions to ask. But now, but now we really want to talk about um, if we don't change these things, if we don't change these things in our lives, these survival patterns. Uh, to let go of them and replace them with something different. If we don't do that, where are we going to be in 10 years? If things don't change, let's say, let's say uh, it, the problem for you is you don't let someone in enough, close enough to be able to love that person and them love you. You keep them at arm's length, you keep them at bay. Well, in 10 years, if you don't change that pattern, 10 years from now, where are you going to be? Are you going to have love? Like, <laughs> it's insanity to think that that I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results, right? That is the definition of insanity. So when we look at our love lives, our relationships, our career, our finances, our health and wellness, if we don't change our patterns, where are we going to be 10 years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? It, will it be different? Or are we just going to have more of the same, same old, same old? But really dive into it. Where will you be? How will it be affecting you? And then the second question to that would be, if I do change these, where would it be? You know, what, what is your reasons for finding out why you want it to change? You know, in my career, do I want things different than what I've got? 
or maybe in my love life, or maybe it's in my health. Um, do I want to keep drinking and eating and doing these things and getting sick and overweight and having my skin look older than it really is and not having the energy? You know, is that cookie? No matter how beautiful it is, is it worth it? Is that soda worth? Like if I don't change eating and drinking and my lack of sleep and not exercising or being active, if I don't change this, where am I going to be? And if I do change it, where would I be? Do I want to die early? Do I want to be alive but sick and and unhealthy and no energy and looking old, being fragile, breaking bones that I shouldn't be breaking? Is it worth the changing? So really dive into these things. It's hard work. It's hard. You got to be honest and you can't do this before you actually look at what survival patterns you have. So if you're looking, if you're just pulling into this podcast and you haven't gone back in the series looking at the survival patterns and coping mechanisms, then I would say go back to those and then come back to this one. Go back into the series and listen to those first. Go get yourself claim your power for mass and gift. Tell you what, it's kicking my butt. I'd like to get to the point where it feels good. It doesn't feel good yet, uh, but it will. It will. Because it's worth for me to make some of the changes that I have so that I really can not be upset for me. I mean, I've said this already. I'm on my second divorce. Clearly, I'm doing something. I've got a survival pattern in there. And... Where's it coming from? What are the emotions behind it? What's the story behind it? I know all those things now. So now it's about being able to change that. Is it worth changing? If I don't change it, where will I be five, 10 years from now? If I do change it, where will I be five, 10 years from now? And am I worth changing it? And there's a resounding yes. So get to that place by writing it down. So that you can look at it. If you were talking to a friend, you would say, man, girl or guy, you're worth that. You're awesome. So, yeah, you're worth having substantial, connected love, intimate love within your life. Absolutely. You're awesome. If that was your friend, you'd say that. So it's time to start looking at it and seeing it to ourselves. Instead of looking at the perfectionism that we have going on, which is a survival pattern. Everything needs to be perfect before I have that intimate love in my life or before I have that great career or before my finances get better, right? So go ahead, ask yourself these questions, write it down in your journal, and uh, we'll talk to you next time about it. All right? Bye for now. I want to thank you so much for coming along and supporting this podcast and for listening all the way through. I appreciate you. I am Pamela DeVue Smith. I am not perfect. 
I am not a master. I am not an expert. I am, however, willing to listen from God, listen from others who are wiser than me. That doesn't mean every area of their life is wiser than every area of my life, but there are some areas in their lives that are wiser than some areas of mine. And I can learn from them as much as they can learn from me. So I appreciate you going on this journey. Be proud of yourself for taking the time and the energy to diving in, to looking at it honestly. Not woe is me, not ignoring it. Honestly taking a look at it so that you can play full out in your life abundantly and full of faith. We will see you next time. I am releasing podcasts every Tuesday and Friday right now at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tuesdays and Fridays. So we will see you next time. I appreciate you. Bye for now.